You're listening to Night Journals, and I'm your happy host, Vastin East. Thank you very much for allowing me to come into your space, your special place. This is episode eight from a series of discussion about the Renaissance, a personal Renaissance in each of our lives. The soothing music you're listening to is Breath of Life and the artist Gavin Luke. We're talking about something special tonight in episode number eight. And the title of this episode is Regret. Yes, Regret. Each of us have our own set of regrets. Some are more painful than what we might hear from someone else. But in any case, they are regrets. I've had my share. I'm sure I'll have more. But I've learned that life is not to be defined by our regrets. And just to make one thing perfectly clear right now, we're just human. We're human beings. We're not perfect. And because we're not perfect, our past are not perfect. And the other lives that we encounter, whether they be parental or schoolmates, siblings, the world at large, all, we're not perfect. So therefore, we cannot have what we would like to have, (laughs) a perfect past, no such thing. I think in terms of holding on to regrets or like swimming in a shark infested body of water. Yes, holding on to regrets is like swimming in a shark infested body of water. Why do I say that? I say that because sharks are attracted to blood. And because they are attracted to it, I'm told they can smell, they can sense blood miles away, even in the ocean. How vast it is when something gets wounded or that's how people go out and they catch them. They throw baited meats, raw meat into the ocean and they're able to hook these giant predators. Well, I believe that when we carry regrets in our lives, from our lives, from our past, I believe what a regret really is or what regrets are, they are unhealed wounds. And because they're not healed, they are emitting something. And the sharks in this world, they happen to be in our mental mind as we're going to use the shark in the ocean as a metaphor. But it's really our minds. Our minds become the very predator like the shark. It eats away at us. It chases us. No matter how high we climb, no matter how how we may fall, how low we may fall, At the same time, our mind is still there, holding on to regrets. We all have had them, and as long as you're living, you'll continue to have them. And because when we, we are burdened with regrets, we're suffering from something called or lacking peace. 
Wherever you are right now, I hope you're at peace. Whatever or wherever you are right now, whoever you are, I hope that you can find that inner peace from regrets. You know, perhaps you are walking along a beach right now and you are looking at and the beach I'm talking about is a beach that's along perhaps one of the great seas or one of the oceans where there are seagulls. And the seagulls are floating above your head and they're making their quacking sound and and sometimes you'll look and you'll see someone toss food into the air and the seagulls will will flock to it. And then there are seagulls that are just flying out over the ocean. And, but inside of your mind, you're wondering you have thoughts, you have things that are going on in your mind that you can't seem to solve or come to terms with. Or perhaps you are driving an 18-wheeler, one of those giant rigs we see dashing down the interstate. Perhaps you are somewhere out in New Mexico, perhaps you are somewhere out in a desert place in California or Arizona, or perhaps you are driving around the the many curved roads in Tennessee, but you're riding along, pulling your load, this massive truck. Or perhaps you're a mother or father preparing a meal for the family and, and you walk across the kitchen floor with a dish you've just removed from the oven. And you're about ready to tell the family that dinner is ready. Or perhaps your wife ready to hand the children and the husband their lunch bags as they exit the kitchen door headed off to school and work. You may be a politician sitting inside of your your ivory tower. You may be in Washington. You may be in a city hall somewhere. You may be wherever you are. You may be a military person right now on a battlefield. But I want to thank you for allowing me to share this space with you right now. I'm going to choose to be with one particular person right now. There's someone driving along on that long, curvy highway in an 18-wheeler. In silence, he sits there, she sits there driving this massive rig. They can't see me sitting there, but I, I hear their mind. There's something going on. They're wondering about how should I have handled this situation. And this person may be 30 years old now. And he or she is still wrestling with something that occurred when they were 15 years old. I sit there quietly, unseen, listening to their mind. Regrets. Regrets. I should have finished school. I shouldn't have married who I married. I shouldn't have done this. I hear all these things going on in this person's mind. Regrets. I leave the truck for a moment and I'll share a story with you. When we return back to the truck driver. My mother who I love dearly. She's gone on now. But my mother was... A woman who held many, many, many regrets. She came from a very poor upbringing. A wonderful woman she was. And in my memory of her, she will always be that great mother I shall always love. 
But when things were not right in her home as she was growing up, my mother used to go off into the woods, she said. She grew up in East Texas. And she found a certain spot in the woods where she would be alone. And, and she would go there and she would get underneath a certain tree that she'd fallen in love with. A tree that she trusted. This tree became very special to her. And she would pray. Pray on her knees out alone in the woods. And the only ones to say or to witness would be the animals hiding in the brush or birds in the trees looking down at this special beautiful woman that was praying. She had regrets. But she learned to fight her regrets and to overcome them to become a mother. She learned that regrets were not the chains that you should allow to hold you back. My mother, <laughs> yes, and the regrets she would talk about them sometimes. She would discuss them with me and my siblings. And she told us the power of change. She told us about the power of giving up those things you cannot change. She was talking about regret. Well, as I got older, I began to find out that life is not, um, it's not a cream cake all the time. I made my mistakes, I've had my share, but regret, regrets will hold us back because when we are totally chained down with regrets, we lose sight of life. And to be honest with you, now that I can look back and I see my life, I don't think I'd want to live a life without regrets now because wherever there are regrets, there's life. Wherever there have been regrets, someone has lived. So what would be the purpose of coming into this life and, and every day was a sunny day? It perhaps would be wonderful, but in the real world, it doesn't exist. Regrets. Holding on to regrets is like swimming in a shark infested water. The sharks in our minds eats us away. Regrets will rob us of health. Regrets will rob us of learning how to enjoy the beauty of others. And one thing that I have discovered about regrets and when we resolve and get, get them out of our lives and not allow them to become or let regrets become the driving force in our lives is that we are blessed one day to hear someone say, I see myself in you. You know, when someone sees themselves in you and they understand where you've been, when they can have empathy and understand that the things that made you who you are, that's the beauty of dealing with regret. That's the beauty of resolving regrets. You know, we can choose to, to move away from our regrets and, and live in a fake world and allow it and seduce it with chemicals and drugs and alcohol, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't remedy it. But my favorite book, my favorite book says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, 
Give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And you know, I think sometimes the reason why we can't give up or we, we don't deal with regret too well is because we are afraid. You don't have to be afraid. The planet is filled with seven billion people walking the, the face of the earth right now, roughly seven billion people. Can you imagine all the regrets that exist? Someone is regretting they didn't get a college education. Someone is regretting who they married. Someone is regretting, regretting that they never had children. But when we turn around and we look at the word regret and all the implications and, and all the things that surround regret, regret simply means that you've lived. But don't let it be that force that governs and, 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 and control your life. Regret. I love being back in the truck with my truck driver now. You know, the truck is really zipping along now and the radio is going and I'm listening to the driver. His, his or her mind is, is wrestling with one particular regret that I'm going to talk to he or she about. I just want to tell the driver in his mind as we're driving along, riding along, and you regret that you never found a way to tell your mother that you loved her. You regret that she died and you never had a chance to tell her that how special she was. You regret that it her leaving this world, it, it left a void in your heart, your life. You can't seem to grasp and to, to solve and to come to terms with what, what life is. So you find solitude, you find peace out here on the highway because it's a way you can hide away from yourself. But your mind, the shark in your mind is still gnawing, gnawing, gnawing away. But I understand what's going on in your head. Because I'll go back to my mother. Once, when I was in the fifth grade, that was a play, they called it Go Texan Month in the state of Texas where I live, where I grew up. And that was a, a part in a play we had. One gentleman had to play a cowboy and and I watched him how he tried galloping across the stage during a rehearsal. And I said, that's not the way you ride a horse. That's not the way a horse behaves, imaginary horse. And I was able to convince our teacher, Mr. Nelson was his name, that I knew how to handle a horse because I used to spend times on my paternal grandfather's farm and I learned how he handled horses. And, and to make a long story short, I got the part. And I went home that evening and I told my mother about I had gotten a part in a play and she was happy to hear it. But I told her, I said, but Mama, Mr. Nelson said, I'll have to have a stick horse. And she looked at me with sad eyes and she said, how much do you think it's going to cost? Well, I had no idea. But she said, you know, money is tight. You know, your daddy's working two jobs and 
You know, he brings enough home for us to have food on the table and to keep the lights on, the gas going, but I don't know, you know, mama doesn't work. So reluctantly, I dropped my head and walked out of the kitchen that day after hearing those words. And I went back to school the next day and Mr. Nelson said, you know, we're having the play two days from now and are you ready to take over and ride the horse across the stage? And I, and I said, yes, sir, I'm, I, I'll be ready. But I was lying because I wasn't sure that I would have that stick horse. And he reiterated once again, you have to have that stick horse. Well, two days later, the day of the play, we had a incredible rainfall. And that morning before I left for school, it was misting, but my mother said, I'll do my best to get you a stick horse. And the play would be at one o'clock in the afternoon. And I kept running to one of the windows in the classroom looking out because from my window to the sidewalk to the street was probably 50 yards, as I remember. And the rain had, was pouring down. It was coming down. And it was nearing one o'clock in the afternoon. We'd had our lunch break. We were nearing one o'clock. But I saw this person walking down the sidewalk with a, with a raincoat being washed and bathed in heavy rain. But I noticed something was protruding from the rear of her raincoat. I realized then it was my mother. And I figured then she had me a stick horse. And I left the classroom and I ran down the hall and I met her at the entry of the school and, and she stood there drenched in rain and, but I had my stick horse. I was able to go through the play. I rode across the stage the way a cowboy would ride his horse. And I promised myself that day that I would repay my mother. I would somehow make her proud of me. Well, I made up in my mind that I would be a better student when I got to high school. I would go to college. And I never could quite pay her back for that single moment that took place when she bought me that little stick horse. Well, she's gone now, after many years. But I've gotten over that regret of not being able to pay her back because I've tried, I've come to realize that I've tried to live a better life, an honorable life, and I think now as I look back, this is all she would really want from me is to be the best I can be. Yes. Now I go back to the driver. I say, don't worry about it. You didn't tell her you loved her. But you know what you're doing right now? You, you are a father, you are a mother, you're taking care of your children. You're being the best you can be. You're living an honorable life. You're living a respectful life. You have a good job. You're a good citizen. Regrets. And I see the person smiling, you know, somehow he, he heard my words in his head. Let not your heart be troubled. He's no longer afraid. He's no longer worried about the past. Get rid of the regrets. The greatest people in the world will be open and they'll tell you about their regrets. They'll tell you how powerful forgiveness of self is. It's one thing to forgive the world. 
but you have to learn to forgive yourself. And I heard a wise man once say that the power of forgiveness is not in forgetting. The power of forgiveness is that you are no longer angry about what once angered you or hurt you. You've come to terms with it because you're human. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast about regret. Because if we're going to have this, this renaissance that I am passionate about, in order to embrace others to make this a better world, each of us are going to have to find ourselves redeemed. And I love that word redeemed. Redeemed simply means that someone has paid a price. In an earlier podcast, the words uttered out of my mouth was, someone paid a price for you and I. And because of that, you have the right, you have the ability to, to rid yourself of the needless regrets that may be haunting you right now. You may be that person walking next to the ocean right now, watching the seagulls, and you're regretting whatever they may be, I don't know. But as your host of night journals, to that mother, that father that walked across the kitchen floor with the evening meal, stopped in the middle of the floor and and had a sigh of relief and realizing that you're doing the best you can you're taking care of your family you may be that doctor that lost a patient when you first became a doctor but you look back now and there are people that are calling your name out when you walk through an airport there goes my doctor you may be a politician who Maybe you didn't quite vote the way your constituents or people wanted you to vote. But you did something right because someone identified you walking down a main street of a big city. So there goes my senator, my congressman. Thank you. They saw themselves in you. And that's the whole beauty about becoming transparent with ourselves. Get rid of the sharks. Stop letting the sharks gnaw away and eat you alive. Eat away the very joy of, of being a human being. You have that right to get rid of the sharks. Remember, holding on to regrets is like swimming in an infested body of water. You have the right. Go and heal yourself, forgive yourself, and find reason to enjoy the beauty of the sun. That's the beauty of living. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth. The world will make you feel guiltier. The world will make you feel alone and lonely. But the great words. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Don't be afraid to change. Be a part of the Renaissance. Be that change in you that will change the world. This is Vastine East, Night Journals. Thank you for allowing me to come into your special place. Thank you very much.